Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 83 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 135 of Receptopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are under two weeks away from by far the busiest weekend since WrestleMania. We got Clash of the Castle, Worlds Collide, and AEW's All Out going down on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. It is a busy time, three massive cards to get through in the next week or so, and I got you right here on WST. The top story coming out of last night's show is essentially the end of NXT UK as we know it. The news broke last Wednesday with the announcement of NXT Europe launching sometime next year, and with that... NXT UK will cease to exist after next Sunday's Worlds Collide event going down live on Peacock at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific. And with that, we're going to be merging all of the UK titles with NXT USA. Those beautiful UK belts will be no more, sadly, as we have tag team women's and NXT championship championship versus championship matches going down next Sunday involving Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bate. For the Unified Championship, that was the first segment from last night's show as Braun Breaker comes out to show respect to J.D. McDonough before calling out Tyler Bate, and they make the match official for next Sunday's Worlds Collide. And from there, we got two more unification matches going down involving the NXT UK and NXT Tag Team titles, as it was Gallus versus Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs for the NXT UK Tag Team titles. The match is pretty nondescript as Brooks Jensen was being worked over by Mark Coffey and Wolfgang until Josh Briggs made the hot tag, and he cleaned house on the heel until Lash Legend attacked Fallon Henley on the outside, which led a pretty deadly coming out to attack Brooks, Jensen, and Josh Briggs as well. And Briggs was unable to beat the 10 count and his team loses, but they don't lose the titles because the titles cannot change via count out. And after the match is over, Gallus is attacked by Diamond Mind from behind, courtesy of Julius, Brutus, and Damon Kemp. We got Roderick Strong directed traffic at ringside, which sets up a six-man tag team match next week on NXT 2.0, which happens to be the go-home show for Worlds Collide. And the matchup for the unified NXT tag team titles will be Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus Julius and Brutus Creed from Diamond Mine, who are the current NXT tag team champions. And this matchup really doesn't do much for me on paper right now. It's an all-American matchup, and one tag team is really good, and the Creed brothers, the other team is okay with Briggs and Jensen wrapping NXT UK which is so weird. Let Gallus win last night and have NXT UK versus NXT USA proper. But here we are having a pretty so-so match on the Worlds Collide card. Maybe they will exceed expectations, shock me, and put on a show, but I'm not feeling it right now. Hopefully they over-deliver come next Sunday. Then we have the NXT Women's Championship. Mandy Rose, dominant champion for nearly a year. She has beaten them all, and Blair Davenport arrives last week. She faces Indy Hartwell last night, dominates the match, and wins with a brain buster, and she declares herself the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. That leads to Mandy Rose coming out to let her know, listen, I have beaten them all in the last year, so I am a champion for a reason. You're on my show and my ring talking about me. Let it be known I've done it all. I am this brand's most dominant champion, so it's time that you put some respect on my name as well, and that leads to mother. The legendary Miko Satamora, the current NXT UK women's champion. She comes out to an amazing ovation and she is going to say, hey, you haven't beaten me 
until you beat me, you truly have not beaten the best. Amanda Rose respects Miko Satamora and she wants to beat the best in order to be the best. And we have our match set. But Blair Davenport still says, I am the number one contender. What about me? And Miko says, you could get some of this too. And it's official. It will be Mandy Rose versus Blair Davenport versus the legendary Miko Satamora for both the NXT UK and NXT women's title going down next Sunday at Worlds Collide. That should be quite the matchup. And it could be the match of Mandy Rose's career. Because when you're in the ring with Miko Satamora, you better not fuck it up. And she had a really good match against Zoe Stark last Tuesday at Heat Wave. So I expect her to step up big come next Sunday. As the UK invasion continues, we have a very fun moment on this show. As Indy Hartwell is sitting on the ring apron and she is cutting this very sad promo about being in a funk hitting rock bottom. She vowed to get out of this mess four months ago. And ever since then, she has still spiraled out of control and she feels lost with no one by her side to support her, to love her, to have her back. And then in a beautiful moment of NXT cinema, we have Dexter Loomis pop up and the crowd is roaring because they know what this is. It's the reunion of Index after four long months and Indy turns around. She sees her man. She crawls in the ring with them. They hug. They kiss. The fans pop. I'm smiling. I love the continuity of this relationship. And then he carries his woman away. They go backstage, kiss some more. But he says, babe, or I can't say he said something because he doesn't talk, but his eyes said it all. He basically told her through his eyes, I gotta go, boo. I love you. I'll come back for you someday. He leaves her a love note saying goodbye for now. And he is arrested. <laughs> on scene because he kidnapped the Miz the night before on Monday Night Raw in Toronto. The man crossed borders internationally to come see his bae and now he's going to jail. What a story. And she did wear red ring gear last night. That might be a telltale sign she's moving up to Monday Night Raw. I would love the entire way on Mondays with Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gagano who made his return this past Monday in Toronto. I would love the whole family back together because they provided great comedy, but I want Johnny Wrestling to be serious as well, but he can bring the lightness on the main roster with the way as well and I loved that NXT 2.0 fed the Index fan base. I have loved this couple since last year. The wedding is still one of the best segments in WWE history. It was comedic perfection. Dexter Loomis pulling out an axe to let everybody know, shut the fuck up. Don't interrupt this ceremony. Don't say a word. Hold your peace forever. Don't stand up and object to this wedding ceremony. And I loved it. And then he said, I do. And they kissed. And it was just hilarity throughout that entire writing ceremony, which I loved. And their relationship from the constant fucking on their honeymoon with the long ream of condoms to now this reunion, it was perfection. And I want to specify something regarding stats. And I know all of the numbers for these shows, but index centric and XT caps spiked every time I talked about them extensively. So they are a draw on TV and via this platform. So I love this reunion. I needed it. It fed my soul. And here's hoping we get more in the main roster between the two very, very soon. Then we have the Grayson Waller effect involving Grayson Waller and special guest Apollo Crews. Now, the only issue I had with this particular segment is we had a letterbox showing Grayson Waller the entire time. I didn't get it. 
but the context of the conversation between Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller was very good. As Grayson Waller called out Apollo Crews for having visions and not saving Diamond Mine last week from a beatdown by Gallus, and Apollo Crews says it doesn't work like that, and Grayson still gets on his ass about it. Then he calls out Apollo Crews's fake Nigerian accent, and the crowd ooze and all at that, and Apollo busts out the accent, which pops the crowd as well. He says, I'm a proud Nigerian warrior, despite the lack of accent now. And that led me to WrestleMania last year to become Intercontinental Champion. It was a great run for me, but at the same time, I lost myself in the process. I forgot who I was as a man, as a wrestler, and I came back home to rediscover who Apollo Crews truly is. The people rock with me, people in the back respect me, and unfortunately, people like you doubt me. And you think I'm here to take your spot. I'm here to elevate everybody. And I hope that you can understand that someday. And Grayson Waller continues to get under Apollo Crews' skin until Apollo Crews asks Grayson Waller a very important question. How does it feel to be a low-budget Miz? And the crowd is popping at this. They're calling him low-budget Miz. Grayson's pissed off, but he fires back with a killer line noting, how do you tell your kids that daddy went for winning championships on Mondays and Fridays and slimming it here on Tuesdays? And the crowd pops at that too. And Apollo Crews says, you know what? I'll tell my kids I can win championships on Mondays, Fridays, and Tuesdays too. And he knocked out Grayson Waller and says, how about that? For the Apollo Crews effect, the crowd pops, wrap up the segment. By talk show standards, this is pretty good. Both men are pretty loose on the mic was really impressed by Apollo Crews in particular but that letterbox thing in the corner of my screen just showing Grayson Waller's face was a detriment to my viewing experience it made no sense I got no benefit from it it was very strange never do that again NXT production crew but I digress on all of that which will lead to Waller versus Crews the next Tuesday during the go home show for Worlds Collide on USA which should be a very good match for both men involved Next up is Cameron Grimes versus Javier Barnell. And Javier was fine. He's cocky. He's got some edge to him, which I like. And he got dropped on his head with a back body drop, which is pretty norm in the ring. But it was very gnarly for Javier last night as Cameron Grimes lays him out with a cave-in for the win as Joe Gacy and the schism watch on as they continue to recruit him to their cult for reasons unknown. Next up is is the final appearance of Legado de Fantasma on NXT 2.0 as it was Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde versus the Affirmation Schisms, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed. And this match was the Joaquin Wilde show. He showed out with escaleras into arm drags into tornado DDTs. Joaquin Wilde was a highlight reel as Wilde and Cruz laid out Fowler and Reed with Topaz on the outside. And Tony D'Angelo took offense to this. How dare you look good? How dare you be flashy? Stop that shit immediately. He's supposed to be working for me. And that leads to Fowler and Reed dropping Joaquin Wilde with the modified ticket to Mayhem for the win. And after the match is over, Tony D'Angelo continues to berate Joaquin Wilde and Cruz de Toro, which leads to Joaquin Wilde and Cruz de Toro leaving the building alongside Alexa Lopez. And they see a SUV pull up in the parking lot, the most dangerous place in WWE. And it happens to be Santos Escobar behind the wheel saying, I would never leave my family behind. 
get in the car, and it appears that Legato are moving on up to the main roster. And I am so happy for this crew to bring their magic, their charisma, and their star power to Friday Night SmackDown perfectly. We need more talent on that show on Friday nights, and Legato fits the bill. My God, I cannot wait to see Santos thriving on the main roster. Joaquin Wilder, Raul Mendoza putting in that work in Electra Lopez, being the presence at ringside to really elevate this crew even more. And Legato versus the Bloodline sounds pretty good to me for somewhere down the road. So I have high hopes for Legato on the main roster whenever they make their debut officially. Next up is Von Wagner versus NXT UK champion Tyler Bate. And I got to say this for Von Wagner. He is gaining more confidence in the ring. He doesn't look lost. He looks very confident, which has been my main criticism. Get that deer out of the headlights look off your face. Believe in yourself and your abilities and you could be a star someday. Still got work to do, but I was very impressed as he was throwing around Tyler Bate with follow slams, back breakers, clotheslines that rocked Tyler Bate. But a couple of punches to Von Wagner and that twist and corkscrew moonsault from the top rope would deliver a victory for Tyler Bate, reigning, defending NXT UK champion. And I really enjoyed the body of the smash for what it was. And Von Wagner to stay beat for beat, move for move with Tyler Bate is very impressive. And that speaks well to his future as somebody that could be a heavy and a star on the main roster in maybe two years time with more experience at the PC first. And now it is time for our main event featuring Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu in a lights out match. And the lights were really out. Very similar to AEW minus the lights actually being out as this was no DQ. This was no count out. This was, I would dare say, an unsanctioned match. But this was a nice finale to this rivalry. And Tiffany Stratton continues to improve at a rapid clip. And I really like her potential. I was on her in the early days, but she has figured the character out and I give her a lot of credit for that. Wendy Chu is somebody that I really enjoy as well. I would prefer that the sleeping gimmick is 86th during the next iteration of NXT but we'll see as we get closer to change coming to this brand via the integration of NXT UK with NXT 2.0 but she's a valuable asset in the ring and she and Tiffany had a really good match. One of the early highlights was Wendy Chu putting a trash can over Tiffany's head and hitting her with a tennis racket repeatedly. Then she is going to set up the trash can in the corner, but she is going to miss a handspring in the corner, and that allows Tiffany to shove Wendy face first into the trash can as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back, and Tiffany is in control of things, but I notice that the bed that Wendy Chu was sleeping on during a ring entrance has made it to ringside, and we have the mattress removed and just the base of the bed, which is made of wood apparently, being the framework for somebody to go through eventually because when ain't going to do tables tonight. We're going to put somebody through a bed. So that's your table adjacent spot of the evening. As Tiffany Stratton places a steel chair on Wendy Chu and goes for a moonsault, which is beautiful in theory, but she missed Wendy Chu because Wendy moved out of the way and there was no water in that pool. And Wendy Chu drops Tiffany with a brain buster on the steel chair for a near fall. Things get very gnarly as Chu is going to choke 
out Stratton with a spare piece of the turnbuckle. Tiffany grabs her furry purse and she's going to spray some hairspray in Wendy Chu's eyes before power bombing Wendy Chu on the trash can for a near fall. Wendy recovers and she grabs her trusty pillow and she whacks Tiffany Stratton with it and she's going to reveal that inside the pillow is a bunch of Legos and she pours the Legos out of the pillowcase and we know where this is going. Somebody's taking a bump on these Legos because these Legos hurt like hell. I think back to a match on SmackDown nearly three years ago involving Otis and Tucker versus The Revival and it was pre-FTRs. Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood landing very hard on these Legos and I remember it fondly during this Miracle on 34th Street fight and it's memorable to me because that was the first night Mandy Rose gave Otis the Christmas ham which jumps out of their relationship but I remember how hard the Revival fell on those Legos because they hurt like hell and I expect some of the results with Stratton versus is Wendy Chu and their lights out match with Legos fully in play and Tiffany goes for a fall away slam on Wendy Chu and I think that Wendy lands on one Lego and that was not going to do the job so Tiffany grabs Wendy for a scoop slam on Legos for a near fall she goes on the outside grabs some powder out of her purse but Wendy Chu is going to pop the powder in Tiffany's face blinds her then she puts her through the bed right through the wood and the fans pop at that they chant holy shit which is bleeped off the USA Network feed for reasons and that leads to Wendy hitting her splash in the corner on Tiffany for the win to wrap up this feud once and for all a nice match very creative both ladies worked hard and it was different the lights out dynamic was very literal it can be distracting at times but it was a solid outing for both ladies to end this episode of NXT 2.0 on a high note overall I thought that last night's show was fine it was a nice reset after heat wave as we built towards our next show worlds collide going down next Sunday on Peacock as we bid adieu to NXT UK officially is a hard goodbye that brand has produced some great matches and stars over the years in the form of Tyler Bate, Walter, Pete Dunne, Elio Dragunov, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Miko Satamora, Piper Nevin, just to name a few, Mustache Mountain, I can go on and on and on, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, Pretty Deadly, these were great champions and stars that built this brand from the ground up. A kid, I could go on. I think about Nathan Fraser's time on that brand as well. And the good news is we get some key pieces on NXT USA that will have hope to actually have upward mobility on the main roster someday. And that was non-existent a month ago with Vince in charge. Triple H in charge changes everything. It gives people hope that I can make it on the main roster. There's value for me. People can see me and they don't look at size first to see what I am as a talent then a personality that can go at the highest level and I feel so encouraged that we get to see the best of both worlds with NXT UK and NXT USA combining forces to really put on some great shows on Tuesday nights that would emphasize the greenness that has permeated this show for the last year or so. Sometimes we do see diamonds in the rough, like Diamond Mine, like Tiffany Stratton, for example. Von Wagner is coming along. Von Breaker was a unicorn, but at the exact same time, we saw developmental on display in ways that we're not meant to see on TV, and that is what NXT Level Up is for, the graduation to TV and to move on up to the main roster someday as well. That's the perfect hybrid approach to developmental. Build stars up, but get people ready for the main roster. Let this be a pipeline of talent that can grow, learn, evolve, move up, and keep that process going on the road, on Peacock, on USA, and or Fox as well. That's the key. That's the ticket. And it took 
a overhaul in management via the departure of Vince McMahon to make this process easier. But at the same time, we had to blow up black and gold. It was time. In theory, because it plateaued, the changes were too extreme. We got some diamonds in the rough, but now it's time to recalibrate what developmental is. It's not about practicing. It's about finding out who you are as a star. Trusting your instincts when things go awry in the ring because everything will not be choreographed for you week to week. When you go on the road, you got to think on the fly as to what do I do when this move doesn't work out? How do I react? Those are things that's going to help so many people down the road once we kind of reset what developmental is supposed to be and how it can be beneficial to the main roster in the years to come. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 83 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Later Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do. Search Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Citra Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 78 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.